and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, once again joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, Week 13 is in the books in the National Football League. A lot of stuff went down in Week 13. A couple teams reassuring themselves a potential playoff spot down the line this season. We saw a big-time win for a certain NFC team that I know you're going to love to go into later on, especially myself. And we saw we saw a big in- couple of injuries also happening at the quarterback position happen this week that could potentially derail a team's chances of getting into the postseason down the line this upcoming NFL postseason. Yeah, I'm no longer having fun with football. How come? Uh, well, the Patriots suck. Well, besides and, that. And uh, 7 out of 10 of my fantasy starters are have been injured or are currently injured. So. Oh. Yeah, I'm no longer even having fun with uh, make-believe football. It's uh, It's been a rough one. Hey, you could it could be worse. You could be the uh, reigning champion of fantasy football, and then go and then be three and ten the next season. Wow, who would that? Wow, that must suck. Who would uh, who would that happen to? Uh, no comment. I don't know him personally, but maybe I do. But anyways, uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, let's go into the next. Uh, let's go into this week's week thirteen recap. A uh, crazy week, and really great quarterback uh, play going on. And since this is the first team on our uh, on our list here of the Dallas Cowboys. I want to mention that Dak Prescott is leading the lead in touchdowns with a whopping 26 touchdowns for 13 weeks. So, I hate to say it, but Dak is playing at an MVP caliber pace right now in the season. I mean, yeah, we'll go into the, the, the real MVP, which we'll talk to at, at the uh, towards the end of this. Oh, but. please don't even bother. We got to talk about it. I know, but But I'll, I'll let you go in and talk about the Cowboys, how they had a stunning shootout over the Seahawks this past week. Well, I wouldn't. I say the only reason this is more stunning is the fact that the Seattle Seahawks were having trouble scoring the last couple of weeks, and they didn't have Kenneth Walker going into this game. So you, you figured they would struggle once again. But to Seattle's credit, they put up a good fight in this one. Actually, led going into the half. DK Metcalf was on an absolute terror. This one torching the Dallas secondary, and it looked like maybe the Seahawks were going to be able to pull off this big time win to end their losing streak, but. Unfortunately for them, the Cowboys would make a little bit of a rally in the fourth quarter and would hang on by a final of 41-35. to And Johnson, this is a game that made some NFL history. Only the fifth game in NFL history with a single punt not recorded. So we've seen a couple games this year where we've had 20-plus punts happen, and we didn't have a single one in this one. So a great job by both of these offenses. And for Dallas, it's a huge win, considering what happened on Sunday with the Eagles, which we'll get into a little bit. They now have a pivotal showdown on Sunday Night Football coming up with the Eagles. And now for Seattle, they're in a bad spot right now. Losing streak continues. They're right now, I believe, on the outside looking in in the NFC playoff picture. And if they're not, they're basically one of the last teams in for the NFC playoff picture. So they really need to get something going. Otherwise, they're going to miss the entire postseason. The hourglass has uh, has turned over. And I think it's the end of days now for the Seattle Seahawks. Listen, Geno Smith continues to have I, a solid yeah. season. I hate what, I know what you just did, what reference you just brought up, and I don't appreciate it. It's the end of days. I mean, listen, the, the original originator of the yeah, end of days ahead. is... Tell, is, tell me to tell is, them is, to burn the ship, too. I want you to say it. Oh, uh, we'll talk about later, and we'll talk about burning the ships later, maybe. But yeah, this is yeah, really sure. kind of towards the end of the, uh, for the Seahawks. Listen, Gino had a great game, 334 passing guards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Kind of going like 50-50 on, you know, completing deep balls. But, hey, Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons in that Cowboys backfield. One of the tougher secondaries. Trayvon Diggs is not out for the season. Remember that. Well, I'm saying in general. Just the people, the players in that backfield. 
that yeah. comprise. I realize Trayvon Diggs is out, but just saying. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland's had a breakout season, but I know what you're going right, to get. Right, right. The entire backfield, not going to single anyone out. Uh, one of the tougher defenses to play against as a passing quarterback like Geno Smith, and he would had a great game. Uh, for the season, I would say he's, I don't want to say painfully mediocre, but I would say he is an above-average quarterback, which is kind of hard to find this league because it feels like even the above-average quarterbacks are bad quarterbacks this season. Does that make um, sense? I see what you're getting at. I mean, listen, he got them to the postseason last year. He has a chance to do it again this season, but... He's doing a fine job. It's just that, you know, the 500 right now... Uh, could he have thrown one or two less interceptions, maybe win him a couple games like that? Maybe. But I hey, think, it's neither here nor there. I think the the biggest thing going for them right now is that you have two teams and the wildcard pitcher that are six and six, and they're also six and six now. They obviously have a big showdown on Sunday against a San Francisco team that they just faced on Thanksgiving not too long ago. And they need to really come, you know, bounce back from this loss to Dallas, a game in which they could have won. They had their chances to win, but unfortunately it slipped away from them. And now you go into Santa Clara to take on the Niners, who are red hot at the moment. It's really a bad time for Seattle to face the Niners. But they still have a chance to make the postseason just because it's kind of a wide open for the wildcard pitcher as it is. Yeah, it's wide open in the uh, in, in this division. So that's that's the great thing about them. They still have a chance to get here. But getting swept by the Rams, are, it's unfortunately going to be the difference maker. The Rams, as we all know, haven't been anything great this season. They're also six and six. And if they didn't get swept, surprisingly, if listen, if even if they, if they had swept the Rams, which they probably should have going into this season, this would be an eight and four football club right now, and we'd be talking playoffs. We'd be talking about maybe even challenging for division, which would be a long shot. But unfortunately, those things didn't go very well. They had many winnable games against like Cincinnati, and like I mentioned, the two games against the Rams both should have won. They could have won this week against Dallas as well, but. It just seems like they, this team can't catch a break, and you have to wonder about what what if you don't make the playoffs this year, what do you do next year if Gino? I know realize he's going to be well, thirty four years old. He's still on that big contract, but right. what do you do? The pro that, that's the problem. Remember that's a big reason why last year we were talking about maybe the Seahawks taking a quarterback Richardson. Pick number five. Well, to be fair, he wasn't there at number five, so they could have maybe gotten a Will Levis to be their backup to you know mentor uh, with Gino there. Yeah, he's but, looked okay so far as a first-year starter. Right, and and in all fairness, they made a great pick. Devin Witherspoon has been a revelation for them in the backfield in their secondary this season. He's definitely up for consideration to be defensive player, uh, rookie of the year. But in terms of what's going on with their team, it just seems as if they're they're having inconsistencies on offense, and that's what's hurt them. One game, they have a really bad game against the Niners. Uh, not the Niners. Well, they did have one against San Francisco, but I was talking, I meant to talk about the, the Rams game. They struggle in that game. They have to, you know, go on a short rest and play the Cowboys, and they played a great game offensively. The problem was this time their defense was the reason why they lost. And remember, they made that big trade for Leonard Williams at the trade deadline to bolster up that defense. It hasn't really been working out for them in terms of their – you know, overall morale because now they've lost three straight games. Now you got San Francisco and the Eagles in your next two coming up. It's they they gotta they gotta have to turn around really quickly if they can sneak a win in one of those two games. They still have a chance to make the postseason, but if they lose both, their chances get a little bit uh, lower a little bit. So they're in a little bit of trouble. And only time will tell. But let's go into our next game talking about the Texans. Red hot still, maybe. Kind of this not, was, not anymore. This was a huge win considering what happened the week before against the Jaguars. 
And considering that they were facing a Broncos team that had won five straight games going into this one and was in a playoff position as well as Houston, this is a much-needed win for the Texans. And considering what happened on Monday night, the Texans still have a chance to win the division as well. So this is a monster win. C.J. Stroud did what he needed to do in this one. The defense for the Texans has looked really good for them on the season. Will Anderson's looking like an absolute beast on the year. He also could be a favorite to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And they forced a late interception on Russell Wilson, considering that the fact that Denver was inside the red zone and had a chance to win the game late. But they forced an interception on Wilson, and it would be his third pick of the game, and Houston would hang on 22-17. to They now go to 7-5. to Denver still is in the hunt for the pl- for the playoffs right now, but they now drop to six and six. So this game was all about momentum, and for the Texans, this is a big momentum boost going in to their next game. So it's a huge win for Houston. And uh, two things I want to do mention that we completed our own version of the AFC Circle of Suck over here because earlier in the year, uh, the Texans beat the Bengals on November twelfth, thirty to twenty seventh. Then right. uh, last week. The Jaguars beat the Texans, like you, ma- like you mentioned, 24 to 21. And this might be a spoiler work, but a spoiler alert for later on. But the Jaguars lost to the Bengals, so there's a whole circle of suck right there. Well, considering what happened also in that game, the division could be for the taking for the Texans. But, Johnson, it could also be the taking for another team in their division. How about the Indianapolis be- Colts? Before they we get into the Colts. Yeah, go ahead. I do want to talk about the injury to Tank Dell, and he's going to be out for this season with the fracture yes. fibula. And he's had an, an, a phenomenal year coming. I don't want to say coming off the bench as an NBA term, but pretty much it's a, it's as a, a complete a, unknown. A rookie, yeah. As a complete unknown, 700 receiving yards, seven touchdowns through the first 13 games of the season. Right. He was on pace to have over 1,000 yards this season, so you got to feel for him. Yeah, it's a it's really an unfortunate thing for them. He, he has, a, I believe it was a... A fibula injury. So he's fibula. Be, yeah, so he's out for the season. That's a really big blow for that wide receiving core. Considering how Stroud's been this season, Dell was definitely one of his favorite targets to go to. Now you lose him for the rest of the year, and now you're going to be relying on guys like Nico Collins, Robert Woods. Maybe they throw John Mechie in. Who knows? But that's a huge blow for the Houston Texans. They're still in the playoff position, but they really could use Tank Dell trying to get into the postseason this year. Nico Collins also having a great year, 991 yards, six touchdowns. Yeah, yeah he's also he's, could, he's definitely broken out this year. He may have 13 or 1,400 yards on the season by the end of it. Don't quote me now, but he may, he's going to get increased touches with Tank Dell. It could also be increased coverage. So we're going to see how he responds to, which I'm looking forward to see how he uh, how he learns from this. Because he has more yards, or he's on, excuse me, he yeah, he has more yards this season than combined 2021 and 2022 combined. Right. More touchdowns, more yards this season than the previous two. So he's had an excellent year as well. So we'll see how he how this uh, impacts him as well. Yeah, it's, I'm curious to see what the Texans do. As I mentioned, they're in the playoff hunt right now at 7-5. If the season ended today, they would just miss the postseason due to a tiebreaker. And that tiebreaker is with the team that I was mentioning earlier, that being the Indianapolis Colts. And they're also on themselves a little bit of a win streak right now. And remember, Johnson, this is with Gardner Minshew as their quarterback right now. Obviously, Anthony Richardson has been out for the season. But Gardner Minshew has done a great job in relief of him and his guy on this team now. Four straight wins after their thrilling overtime win over the Tennessee Titans this week, 31-28. to They now go to 7-5 in the season. And if the season ended today, they would be in the postseason as the final wildcard team in the AFC. So 
great job by Shane Steichen and all of his crew to get the tight the almost the tight the Colts to this point in the season, considering the fact that they lost their rookie quarterback early on in the year. And who knows? They really have a chance now to win the AFC South, considering what happened on Monday night. So where do you think they go from here now? Now, obviously, the Colts are in the playoff hunt, but for the Titans, what do they do now with Mike Vrabel? I think it's tough because you're still trying to figure out what uh, Will Levis, it looks like you have. they might have their guy. I don't know yet. It's still very early on to, to you know, say if he is the guy or not. Um, the issue with the Titans is that they're still kind of an aging team in which they still have guys like Derrick Henry, Jeffrey Simmons, Amani Hooker, um, just the name of a couple of their players. And they obviously are still rebuilding. They're not in a position right now to win. Um, I don't know if they fire Vrabel this year, but I think next year would probably be the penultimate like season where either they improve and he keeps his job, or if they do worse than they did this season, that he probably gets fired and they bring in a new regime. But it's tough when you have a rookie quarterback because you're trying to get him under the system and try to make him learn and be a, a quarterback for your team. But to fire a coach and then bring in a whole new team, uh, you know, corners and all that stuff that could ruin a psyche for a, a young quarterback. So it could ruin his spirit, like a la Zach Wilson. Yeah, uh, considering what's going on with the Jets right now, yeah, could. But I want to talk about the statement that was made. I know you want to get in, at the link, and I've been saying this all year long that the Niners' defensive line was going to absolutely trounce this Eagles' offensive line. And I was talking to an Eagles fan that I work with today, and he was saying that this team reminds him of the Steelers team from a couple of years ago that went 11-0. They beat up a bunch of easy competition, and when they had some adversity thrown their way, they just completely floundered. They just snapped in half. 49ers just destroyed the Eagles by Eagles by 30-plus points in their home field. Uh, fans leaving the link early in the in the game in the fourth quarter. Debo Samuel having a day, CMC having a day, Brock Purdy go, putting himself in MVP conversation. Now is a leading better. Yep. He's a he, plus 300, so he's better odds than Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, anyone else you can think of. What does this mean for the 49ers, and what does this mean for Philly? Well, it was really impressive what the Niners did, considering their, their last six drives of this game were all touchdowns. So their offense really put it up on the Eagles to – a lot of people consider it to be one of the best defenses going into the season. And on the other side, you're absolutely right. The Niners defense gave the Eagles a lot of problems in this game. Jalen Hurts had 19 incompletions, was sacked three times. They could not run the ball. They had 46 yards rushing as a team. Hurts led the team with 20 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And overall, this was a statement win for the Niners. Considering what happened in the NFC Championship game, um, the, you know, the talk of Debo Samuel said after that game in which, you know, if Purdy was healthy and we had a full game with him, we'd probably go to the Super Bowl. We probably won it all. And they might have proven that point in this game considering how Purdy played. The rest of the team played phenomenally. Debo Samuel had a monster game. CMC, you mentioned, had a great game as well. George Kittle and Ayuk made some big catches. And you got to think with the way the Niners play in this one, they have to right now be the team to beat in the NFC once again. And 
They're only one game back of this Philadelphia team for the best record in the NFC, so there is still a chance for them to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It would be absolutely crazy to see a rematch in Santa Clara. I know it's not San Francisco. That's where they play, yada, yada, stuff like that. But it'd be crazy to see a rematch on their home field. Right. That's what I'm kind of looking forward to right now. Even, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be, uh, I'd be curious to see how that goes. Cause we know how, uh, how hectic it could get in Philadelphia. So I'd be curious to see what happens if it went to Santa Clara, because those fans also get pretty wild with their games. But anyway, we'll go from that statement win from San Francisco 49ers to another big time statement win that also happened to an NFC team. And I know you're also going to want to get into this one, Johnson. How about Jordan Love these last couple weeks? He has looked really good for the Green Bay Packers, and now they are on themselves on a little mini win streak. They've now won three in a row as they stunned the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football 27-19. Love throws, throws three touchdowns in the game, and again, that they did not have uh, Aaron Jones, so that's another big win for Green Bay. They were able to still hold off this Kansas City team despite not having Aaron Jones. They forced Patrick Mahomes to throw an interception, sacked him three times. And the Chiefs had a chance at the end of the game to potentially get down the field and tie the game. But the Packers defense held strong and were able to hold on for this win. And now the season ended today. They are one of the final remaining teams in the NFC playoff picture. So just like that, the Packers going from a potential team that was going to be drafting in the top 10 this year, Johnson, to now a team that could potentially make the postseason. It looks really great for the Packers. Do they have a third generational quarterback? Probably not, but... Remember, uh, we talked about it earlier in the year. We we said the same thing when he started off red hot, and then he had a bad couple. We you know he pretty much had a bad October and November, and then Thanksgiving happened. He had a monster game. He also had that big game against the Chargers, and now this one against the Chiefs. Now, there's a couple things I want to bring up, particularly of the quarterback play in this game. Jordan Love has looked really good these last couple games. He's also had some games where he's looked uh, ice cold. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's why I was bringing up the like he had the. The bad game against the Raiders, um, that 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 one really stuck out to me because he had a really couple of bad interceptions thrown in that one. Um, he also had some tough games. The Steelers, he had a, a pretty bad pick late. Uh, the Vikings, he struggled with. The Lions, he struggled with. There was a point where the Packers were, you know, were throwing parade when they scored a touchdown in the first quarter because they couldn't do that. And these last no. couple of weeks, they've been able, they've been able to do that. Now, I want to just bring this up. Jordan Love, passer rating of 90.2, 2,866 yards, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. How much criticism has he faced this year with that? But that's he, that line right there. He faced, he faced a, a lot, lot right? Er, he faced a lot in the, in the middle of the season, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, passer rating of 95.1, 3,127 yards, 22 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. How much criticism has Patrick Mahomes faced this year? Probably zero. Yeah, Probably I, zero. I, I had a feel this is where this is going to go to. But listen, I'm not saying, no, listen, no, I think I know, this I is something we have to talk about. And you can't even say, oh, it's yards per attempt or anything like that. No, because they're both attempting seven yards per attempt. Jordan Love's been sacked seven more times than Patrick Mahomes. His, his offensive line is a lot worse. We have to talk about this a little bit. If you if you're gonna give Jordan Love this kind of criticism as a as a first year star in the NFL and you don't give Patrick Holmes the same kind of criticism this year, I can't take your opinion to be valid, especially when Patrick Holmes is supposed to be this world leader quarterback. 
He... I don't know. The Chiefs haven't really been playing good football these last couple of weeks. I mean, they've had one good game that I can recall in the last couple of weeks, and that was that game against the Chargers. And yeah, and that's every- a four and eight Chargers team. That is right. If that's the best game you can think of in the last couple of weeks, right? All right. Like they, they, they've been getting by in some of their games. They've had games in which they looked really sloppy. This one was of a mention that they were really sloppy in this one. Broncos game they were sloppy in. Um, the Eagles game they should have won, and they just collapsed in the fourth quarter. And yeah, I, I don't know. Ever since that Chargers game, they have not looked at the same team. They are now, what, 2-2 two and two in their last four. The division still pretty much looks to be theirs, but in oh, terms I, I got of... I better ones for you. In terms of best, you know, having a chance to get home field advantage in the playoffs this year, I'm not so sure if they're going to be able to do it. I got even a better one. His last five games, I'm going to give the last five games for both these quarterbacks. Quarterback one, 66% uh, completion rate. 1,374 yards, 7.9 uh, yards per average, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, last five games for quarterback one. Quarterback two, 65%, uh, 1,110 yards, 6.2 yards per attempt on average, uh, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Which one's Patrick Mahomes? Which one's Jordan Love? I'm going to assume Jordan Love is the one with 11 to 2. Yeah, he is. And you know what the main difference between those that, that main time is in those last five games? Jordan Love is 4-1 and one with facing teams like the Detroit Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, all teams in the playoff hunt, while Patrick Mahomes is 2-3 is and three with a win only over the Dolphins in that time period. That's in the playoff hunt. He's faced Green Bay, Philadelphia, Miami, Denver, and Vegas. And the only win he has well, is over Denver's the Dolphins. The, and that, Denver's in the playoff hunt, but yeah. Yeah, he, I'm saying he lost to that team, though. So yeah. he has one team oh, that's in the playoff hunt. What Patrick while, uh, the uh, why Jordan Love at least has two. So I mean, Jordan Love is is facing better competition. He's putting up better number. He's putting up better numbers right now. No, we have listen, to have he, this conversation. No, because I know I know we'll have this on here. I'm not going to say it's, I'm calling at you, but I'm going to call out maybe bigger sports media. That's Patrick Mahomes is an MVP candidate right now. What are people seeing? He's like plus five fifty right now. He's like four for fifth on the list. How are people saying this is an MVP caliber quarterback right now? One of the last five games, he's done nothing but suck it up on the field. That's, you know, 40% of a season right there. Uh, Matt Jones had these stats out for the first three games, and people are saying he was the, he was god awful. Granted, completely do different situations, but if you just take a look at how he's performing, he's not performing that well right now. Uh, listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. The, the Chiefs are not performing at, a, at the level we expected out of the defending champions. They're not playing good football right now. And, and there's two people you can blame. It's either going to be Patrick Mahomes or it's going to be Andy Reid. Those are the two people you can blame. But listen, we say this every year, and we kind of we pretty much said we. I think I pretty much there was a point in the season last year where we said this about the Chiefs, and they still were able to win the Super Bowl. So we, really we all know they shouldn't have been that. that we, we all know they shouldn't have been in that Super, Super Bowl. Though. Like, no, I, I that, that's, you, that's yeah, you can have year. your opinion about it. I, I understand that. I'm saying either way, you know that at some point they might be able to ride the ship out and be able to get back to that picture. But oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh yeah, they're finished, they're cooked. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying over the last month and 
No, they've been, playing, is, they've, been playing, they've been playing really bad. They've been playing really bad football. And no there's one's no, really saying no that. They're still saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes is still an MVP favorite. I still see, oh, yeah, Chiefs have the third best odds to get, win the Super Bowl. Really? Uh, really? This is, this is, this is what we're going to look at? The guy well, when you have the, the best quarterback the, in the NFL, that's the biggest reason why they're still that high odds-wise. He should be start. He should start playing like the best quarterback in the NFL instead of just having the moniker. I can't really fight it, but he, it's not only the it's not only him. The rest of the team is also not playing to the highest level right now. I know they've Travis had, Kelsey might be he, he might be a little getting age might be catching up with him. He has they've had, they've had a lot of crucial plays in which drops have happened. Defense has had some lapses, and you can tell that there's just. Things that aren't clicking with them right now. If they don't start getting, you know, back to the rhythm that they were last season, I don't really know if they're going to be able to go back to the make a deep run in this postseason this year. So who knows? Anyway, I'm done ranting about the Chiefs. We can talk about the next game now, which unfortunately is a uh, little sad news on this one. As Jake Browning turned back the clock like he's back in college. Um, yeah. Leading the Bengals to win over the Jaguars, which nobody saw coming, especially not us. I think that was one of the no. teams we bushed last week. Or I think no, you I, had them to cover. I had the Bengals to cover. I didn't think they were going to win, but I thought I, I thought I was of the belief that they could cover this game. Yeah, it is an absolute stunner uh, in OT. Trevor Lawrence unfortunately goes down with a high ankle sprain. We don't know when, if he's going to be back or when he's going to be back this season, uh, which leads their playoff. Uh, doubts in uh, I would say that's probably the best case scenario because people were thinking it was worse than a high ankle sprain. Yeah, it's uh, so we don't know if he's gonna be back this season. That's the problem, and if that's the case, it leads the division wide open for Houston and the Bengals keep themselves too. in the playoff race. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Bengals definitely keep themselves in the playoff race, and if Browning continues to play like this, they'll definitely have a shot. And you're right, he definitely looked like he was back at Washington with the way he played in this game. 32 of 37, 354 yards and a passing touchdown. Also had a rushing touchdown as well. Joe Mixon had two rushing touchdowns. And this also was despite the fact that, you know, Tyler Boyd and the Bengals had one of the worst play calls ever that led to an interception and gave the Jaguars the lead. But being that as it may, the Bengals were able to take a late lead. The Jaguars had the ball. And remember, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, as you mentioned. He got injured. When Walker Little, his left tackle, uh, accidentally stepped on his ankle. Then he got rolled up as he got sacked on the play. He had to be taken off the field. He needed a lot of attention to get off the field too, which is really concerning. But high ankle sprain is, is the current status for that injury. So It always changed. It, it could change, but I think that's right now the best case scenario for the Jaguars because it could have been a way worse injury and it could have potentially... It definitely ended his season. I think there's still, you know, the door is still open for him to return at some point this year. They even say that he could potentially still play on Sunday. I don't see the likelihood of that happening, but this always happens. Well, they say every oh yeah he can play on Sunday because I've played the, I've seen this song and dance in every single sport: football, soccer, baseball. Oh yeah, you can play at a high ankle sprain. It's like yeah, you're right. I could also become like you know I could also become the pulp, but the the likelihood of that, <laughs> likelihood of that happening is not gonna is is probably not gonna happen. You know, it's sure it's possible, but like it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So uh, so because of the injury, it led to us having Jake Browning versus C.J. Beathard in going into overtime. To Beathard's credit. He got the Jaguars down the field to get the game-tying field goal to send it to end overtime. So he did the best he could, but the Bengals were just too much on this one. They were able to hold on 34-31. to As you mentioned, they kind of they pretty much saved their season. They want to have a potential 
to still make the pl- the playoffs as a wild card, they're still alive. They're six and six. One this is game what, I, out. what I will. This is what I will say though is yeah, they have the work cut ahead of them. The next couple of weeks they have next. So pretty much the they need to win these games to get in, right? Right. They got the Colts, playoff, big potential game. playoff team. Vikings, potential playoff team. The Steelers, potential playoff team. The Chiefs, probably get most likely a playoff team. And the Browns, also looking for that playoff push. All five you of have, those teams are in the playoffs if the season ended today. So this would really. So this is what's really gonna, what's really sad for him because they should have won that game against the Texans and they should have won that game against the Titans earlier in the season. If that's the case, you're eight and four right now. If you think you can squeak out ten, two games out of this, if you think you can go maybe two and three and just get 10 wins in the season, guarantee it. But they're going to need to probably win three or four of these games to even have a chance of making it, and I don't see that happening. But prove me wrong. I would love to they see could, it happen. They could prove us wrong on Sunday, the big game with the Colts. And originally, that wasn't a game that we'd be looking at, considering if the, Texas, if the, if the Bengals lost this game, they pretty much they would have been five and seven. Colts would have been two games ahead of them. There pretty much would have been no chance for the Bengals to make the postseason at that rate. But with this win, it gives the Bengals some hope now, and they potentially could pull off a sneaky upset and win this game on Sunday. But we'll leave it up for interpretation because, Johnson, it's now time for the mushing hour. Oh, the mushing hour, my favorite time and time of the show, my favorite time of day. We have a star-studded lineup of about, I believe, nine games? Eight games, Eight games? Eight yeah. games, okay. We got two games on Monday Night Football, one game on Sunday Night Football, and we have, of course, our Thursday night game, which will be, which some are calling the game of the century. Oh, uh, God. I do want to point out before I say anything, the NFL record for most punts in the game combined is 31. Uh, the over-under for this game is 30 and a half points, so we may the see Giants, more punts than points. The Giants and Jets game was very close to having this punt 24. Total. Yeah. So we could and, see more punts and points this game, which would be hilarious. And I think I, that's going to be a possibility. I think it's but let's really get possible. Into it. We have the New England Patriots led by, I don't know at this point, going Zappi, into... Is he really a leader? I mean, he's going to be probably the starting quarterback again. He started Sunday. The New England Patriots led by Bob Kraft, I guess, going into Akershire Stadium, into Pittsburgh on Thursday Night Football. Pittsburgh at home, minus six-point favorites. 30.5 is the slated over-under. Give me the under. Uh, I think if the, there are any uh, offensive touchdowns, because there's probably no Kenny Pickett either, uh, right. you're going to see the only touchdowns you're going to see are pick sixes, either thrown by uh, Mac Jones or the opposing quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe it's going to be. I don't want to say Mitch Mason Trubisky. Rudolph, but it's Mitch Trubisky. Money, it's Mitch. Pot- the potential, the the matchup is either going to be Mitch Trubisky versus Mac Jones or Mitch Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi. So and honestly, uh, after last week, Bailey Zappi, if uh, if he could repeat that performance again, I would really appreciate it. Well, yeah, you're on the mindset where you want to tank at this point. You're two and ten. You have the second worst record in the NFL, so you'd be picking second right now in the NFL draft. This is, this is what I want to point out, though. Like, even though the tanking this year, I'm still happy we have two games in the division. We've won two games in the yeah. division. We've ruined the Jets and Bills seasons at the same time. So this is like a be- this is like a great scenario for me. And you potentially could ruin the Steelers season if you win this game because the Steelers are right now if the season uh, ended. I mean, a the Steelers team. are kind of like a friendly rivalry, kind of like Packers Bears. Like you know, we're rivals, but it's like I don't really care that much. Where like the Jets and Bills, it's, I'm like, all right, I want to see them lose. Like it's this wild is- because this matchup years ago. Was, was the, the match was one of the creme. premier options in the AFC and from now about they, 2007 to 2000, I'd say 19 to 2020. This was the matchup, and now we've got now how far we've fallen because 
You've got a two and ten team facing a seven and five playoff team right now that's starting a backup quarterback. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go under. I, I can't I have no faith in either team because I could see the Patriots covering covering the game. Hell, I could even see them maybe winning this game too. I, I don't know why. I could see them winning. I'm not confident in any of these picks besides the under. All righty, then. That leads us to our next game. We have the Indianapolis Colts going on the road to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Colts, even though they're on the road, is a one-point favorite, and the over-under slate at 40 and a half. Give me Colts minus one here. Uh, Lightning's not going to strike twice here. Give me give me Colts minus one. Easy. I'm going to go Bengals plus one. Uh, oh, I like. Okay, you're, you're going to ride the Lightning, I see. I, I like what I saw from Browning last game, and I... I, I don't I think at some point this win streak has to end for the Colts. And this is a tough environment. To go into Cincinnati, it's not an easy place to win in. And the Bengals is pretty much you as you mentioned earlier, you're playing for your season right now because every one of your last five games are against teams that are right now in the playoffs. If you want to prove that you're gonna potentially sneak in with a backup quarterback, you gotta win some of these games. I'm not saying they will make the playoffs, but I do think they could potentially ruin the Colts' chances of making the playoffs. So I'm going to go Bengals plus one in this one. The next game we have is the Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road into Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns led by uh, an elite Joe quarterback Flacco. as Joe Flacco. Browns at home, minus three point favorites, 30 and a half is the slated over under. Wow. I think that's really disrespectful. I'm going to take the over this game. I think Joe Flacco himself will get probably 28 points. So uh, give me over 30 and a half points this game. Well, in fairness to you, Jake Brown did put up 34, and we were expecting that from the uh, Jaguars with him at quarter uh, for the Bengals with him at quarterback. And the thing about this scenario for now, because it looks like if Lawrence doesn't go, it's going to be C.J. Beathard versus Joe Flacco. So, not another really good premier quarterback matchup going into this week. Uh, I'm going to go Browns minus three. I think. The Jaguars are in a bad spot if they don't have Lawrence. I don't really see how this offense can really thrive. And let's also point out, they also lost Christian Kirk on Monday night. He's going to be out for a couple weeks as well. So that's a big-time player for their offense. They also lost in that game. So you only not only lose your starting quarterback, you lose one of your top wide receivers. I don't see how they really are going to structure these next couple weeks with Beathard at a QB. I've seen him in San Francisco. Did not work out at all. I don't think it works out here either. I think the Browns take advantage and they win this one. So Cleveland minus three is my pick. All righty, then. I'm kind of liking that we're we're uh, going with the uh, with the Browns right now. It's kind of like uh kind of like a, not a mush, not a real mush, but anyway. Well, you want you want you want to see Flacco succeed. I, I know I know where your head's at. Mm-hmm. All right. With the next game, we have the Seahawks on the road going into Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. 49ers at home, ten and a half point favorites over under slate at forty six and a half. Give me Niners minus 10 and a half here. Easy pick. They just dismantled the Eagle by 30 points. Not, they don't think they're not going to cover at home versus Seahawks. Let's and they good. also dismantled the Seahawks team not too long ago on Thanksgiving on the road by 17 points. Yeah, so give me, give me easy, easy 10 and a half points here. Uh, I don't know what the over in this game. Um, I would take I like, I like that play. I would, li- I would take the Niners minus 10 and a half, but... I'm concerned that the Seahawks might be able to cover. I think they played a really good game against Dallas. They have some extra rests coming off of that game that maybe will help them. But I'm still waiting to see what happens with Kenneth Walker 
if they don't have him again, that's really going to hurt them in a game, especially against the Niners. But we've seen what the Niners' offense has done these last couple of weeks. They're just scoring a bunch of points, and they're facing a defense in Seattle that has not been playing good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I hope Kenneth Walker's back for my fantasy team's sake, but uh, only time yeah. will tell. All right, the next game, we have my apocalypse. We have the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs at home, minus 2.5 point favorites, 47.5 is the slated over-under. Uh, I'm going to pick that no one wins this game, and uh, I don't care about this outcome. You know what? I do kind of care about this outcome because uh, I would want to see the Bills lose more. So I'm going to pick Buffalo Bills to cover here. Plus two and a half because I would like to see them. Uh, I would like to see them lose, and by me picking them, I'm going to mush them. Okay, I see. What, I see what you're getting at. Oh, this is an interesting game because the Bills haven't played since that loss in overtime to the Eagles. They've looked pretty good offensively at least the last two games with their new offensive coordinator Joe Brady. And the Chiefs coming off that loss to the Packers on Sunday night. You know, obviously, they're going to want to bounce back in a game against Buffalo. And we've seen the last couple of years, unfortunately for Bills fans, the Chiefs have had their number. But there's something about the Bills going to Kansas City. They play their best. I know they had that big loss in the playoffs, but during the regular season, the Bills have been able to go into KC and win those games. I'm also going to go with Buffalo plus two and a half. I don't know if they win the game, but I do think they keep it close. All righty, then. The next game we have is a um, our longtime listener, Brian apocalypse. Schmidt. Brian Schmidt, his favorite uh, two favorite teams going at it, so it's going to be oh, his boy. apocalypse too. We have the Philadelphia Eagles, Fly Eagles Fly, going on the road to take on the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Dallas at home, minus three and a half point favorites. 52 and a half is the slate, is this uh, slated over under. Uh, give me Eagles plus three and a half. They're going to absolutely demolish Dallas this game. It's not even going to be close. I don't know what the Cowboys' win streak is at home right now. I think they won like 16 in a row at home. They could have won 60 at home at the row. It's going to snap against the Eagles. Now, the problem I've had with Dallas all season, I think a lot of people have noted this with the Cowboys. Can you name me what their best win has been this year? Uh, probably dismantling the Giants twice. That's their best win. Well, not not like that. I mean, like, who's the best team they've defeated this year? I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. I would think it's the Seahawks, They just who they just beat. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me point out their wins this season. You brought up the Giants twice. They beat the Jets. Patriots, Chargers, Rams, Panthers, Commanders, now Seahawks. The best team they've had they've beaten with a winning record is a 500 Seahawks team and a 500 Rams team. So they have not beaten anyone that has a winning record above 500. They played this game closely with Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. Most of the time they don't they, there's never really a sweep when you see this game and this is huge because if Dallas wins the game, they're going to be tied for the best record in the NFC. But it's also big for San Francisco because if the Cowboys win and San Francisco win, then the San Francisco 49ers would be the number one seat in the NFC. I hate to pick this. And I originally had the Eagles winning this game. I think Dallas is going to win this one. I'm going to go Dallas minus three and a half. Well, that'd be really chaos for the uh, for everyone here. Uh, would send a ripple effect throughout the rest of the playoffs. I'd promise, I'd promise for you, guarantee that'd be the good Niners. For you. Right. I pretty much guarantee the Niners home field advantage, which I'd love to see. Right. I, I think the Niners are going to eventually get, get that home field advantage. So I think this would help them, and I think the Cowboys win this one. Next game we have is the Tennessee Titans. Uh, 
going into Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida to take, to take on the Dolphins. The Dolphins at home, 13-point favorites, and uh, slated over-under is 47.5. Give me Titans plus 13 here because the Dolphins can't have anything nice, so give me Titans to cover here. Dolphins do struggle to cover. That's that is, uh, that is the truth. The Titans, they should have won their last game, too, because they had the Colts beat, if not for an injury to their punter, and who was also their placeholder for PATs. And that was different to the game because the Titans lost in overtime and they would have uh, taken the lead before overtime if they had kicked the PAT and they missed it. Uh, the Dolphins coming off a blowout over the Commanders. They have right now the best record in the AFC. If the, if the season ended today, Johnson, they would have home field advantage. So Miami's got a lot to play for right now. They are very are closing in also on a division title considering Buffalo is right now three games behind them in the AFC East. I am going to go with Tennessee plus 13 also because I struggle to see them covering in most of their games. They don't really do it at home. They usually struggle at home when it comes to covering. I think the Titans keep it close, but the Dolphins will still win this one. And finally, the last game we have is the other Monday Night Football game, which I'm sure most people will tune into, at least in the tri-state area. We have the Green Bay Packers going on the road to take on the New York football Giants. New York Giants at home, but despite that, Packers are six and a half point favorites on the road. 36 and a half is the slated over under. I'm rolling with Big Blue Wrecking Crew. You cover. Bitch. So oh, give me Giants plus six stop. and a half. I don't think they're going to win, but Tommy Cutlets is going to wake up out of his twin bed in suburban New Jersey. He's going to go downstairs, have a nice big bowl of frosted flakes. He's gonna pack up some gabagool and some prosciutto and mozzarella. How about, how about some drive some, out of the stadium in no, no his uh no no cutlets? He's no cutlets. cutlets? I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Oh okay okay okay. He's gonna pack up lunch early that day. Get some gabagool, some prosciutto, and some yep. mozzarella. Maybe a little bit of provolone and salami in there. He's gonna have a nice big pregame meal with some antipast, and he's gonna throw for two t- or three touchdowns. He's gonna come home as a post victory meal and have some cutlets. So give me Giants plus six and a half here. Uh, You're too stunned to speak. Because I, I didn't think... You know what? I should have expected that pick. I don't know what to think about this game because the Giants are surprisingly on a two-game win streak. And the Packers are obviously on a three-game win streak. And they're right now in the in the playoffs and the season ended today. But how funny would it be if the Giants won this game and knocked them out of the playoff picture? And to think that they'd be one game out of the playoffs... <laughs> It's just that it's just the NFC has just been such a wild, wild ride right now on, the, on this entire NFL season. Uh, my buy. I'm not gonna go be a bias. You know, pick the Giants to win the game. I'm gonna go Giants plus six and a half. I'm gonna probably mush them to, and they probably lose the game. But for my own sake, that's probably for the best for the team. But at the same time, who knows? Maybe they pull out another win and Tommy Cutlets continues this uh, Jeremy Lin esque run right now for New York. So Giants plus six and a half is my pick. And that's going to conclude our mission hour. And before we do sign off tonight, I do want to thank our listeners. Our Spotify rap came in and we had an 83% increase in viewership over the last year. Remember, this is our second year with the all gas, no break show, all, all gas, no break sports show. Excuse me. Uh, 115 episodes strong. And we're get, gaining viewership every day. We've been streamed in over 18 different countries now with about 75% coming from within the United States and Canada. But a good portion coming over from Europe. We see our three, four, five spots belong to Italy, Brazil, United Kingdom. I know 
Brazil, South America, but a lot of other countries in Europe, such as France, uh, Belgium, and Spain also stream us as well. Also, going down south to, um, I shouldn't say going down south, but I should be saying going to the other side in Oceania, seeing even some streams from Australia and New Zealand come in. So that's really great to see as well. Aussie, Aussie. Yeah, and uh, I just we want to thank everyone for listening throughout the year, and it's much appreciated in any way we can improve this podcast. Always send us a DM on Instagram, or you can always talk to us in person at one of our many car shows we, which we, we attend, which the next one will be on this Saturday, uh, December 9th, at the 350 Lightning Way in Secaucus, New Jersey, at the New Jersey State Trading Card Show in La Quinta Inn & Suites in Secaucus, New Jersey. That's going to be from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, right outside MetLife Stadium, not too far from the home of the Giants and the Jets. Uh, 30 minutes from New York City, accessible by train. Uh, stop by. It's the largest monthly show that's ongoing in the state of New Jersey, maybe even the tri-state area. 125 different vendors, one room, packed out house. Uh, just stop by, say hello, buy a card, multiple cards. Uh, just have a chat with uh, me, myself, Nick, uh, Grayson, any of the other viewers or any of the other dealers there. And we're just looking for a, a really good day. Yeah, I think you perfectly summed it up. It's uh, it's been a great couple of uh, last couple of months and years here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show, and we're we're still rolling strong going into the next couple of years. Not only on this show, but going to all these card shows as we always enjoy going to them. But any final words, Johnson, before we wrap this one up? I'm um, hoping the Patriots go two and eleven, and for my fantasy sake, I hope four pick sixes are thrown all for the Patriots twenty eight zero final Pittsburgh and with their defense putting up forty five points. I am not looking forward to that game on Thursday. But I am looking forward to watching the New York Knicks and the in-season tournament, Johnson, in just a couple minutes as of, the, as of this recording. So go New York. Go New York. I almost screwed that one up. But anyway, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Week 13 is in the books. We now head into week 14. We're getting very close to the end of the regular season and finding out who will be in this year's NFL postseason with these teams trying to get one step closer to a Super Bowl championship. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your week.